and welcome to the Let's Talk Talent podcast. We're going to be sharing over a series of episodes, tips and techniques, bringing our friends and family to share their stories, their experience of working life today, because together we can create simply irresistible organizations. Happy listening. Hello, everyone. I'm Claire Corazan, Senior Partner at Let's Talk Talent, and I would love to welcome you to the Let's Talk Talent podcast, because in today's episode, I'm speaking to the awesome Hester Pauls, Head of Legal at the AA, member of the 30% Club, which is all about increasing gender diversity on boards and senior management teams, and champion for the Women's Mentoring Programme. Welcome, Hester. <laughs> Hi, Claire. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here today, Hester. Thank you. Today, Hester will be talking to us about her leadership journey, developing talent, motherhood, and many, many, many more things, and how she's overcome some of those challenges along the way. I feel like your leadership journey, I've been on that journey with you for some of that and it's it's really lovely to get the opportunity to speak to you about that today. Thank you I'm excited. So am I absolutely. So you're head of legal at the AA an organization that's been through a lot of change over the last couple of years in addition to what all organizations have been through in terms of the pandemic and in our discussion together today it would be it would be great to kind of hear how you navigated this your leadership journey and so I wanted to start today's session with a quote from McKinsey Insights on Leadership which is teams coming together have to see it as their shared future the dynamic of the team and getting that right is where the magic is so with that in mind, Hester, tell us a bit about you and your leadership journey so far. Thank you for your introduction. As you said, my name is Hester Pools. I've been a lawyer for a while now. I, I trained in-house at a private practice law firm in London and then went in-house quite quickly. So I've spent most of my career in companies, in-house legal teams, usually consumer-facing businesses and B2B. Mm -hmm. And I've been at the AA for about three years. And when I was thinking about my leadership journey, I was thinking how it's quite easy to equate leadership with management. Mm. And actually management has come fairly recently to me in the sense that I had a team for the past year. But when I thought about leadership in terms of being a leader and exhibiting leadership qualities, mm. actually, if I look really hard at the progression that I've had over my career and before, mm. I've had those sorts of roles and, and opportunities, even back in education. And those would be the sorts of positions where I think I, I was doing something that other people look to or, or look to follow. Yeah. And so it feels quite natural that these positions have happened. I, I've learned quite a lot over the years about doing various different roles where I didn't necessarily consider myself a leader. It's more what other people saw in me yeah. and how I could take those skills on board and hopefully use them in this management leadership role. Yeah. And it's really lovely to 
hear you reflect and look back about those leadership behaviors and traits and qualities because you're absolutely right Hester they're not always associated with managing people yes that's the obvious explanation around leadership but those behaviors and traits can be the thread that runs through your life and and through our experience together in terms of how long how long I've known you Hester that's definitely something that I've seen and that's why I wanted to invite you onto the podcast actually because there is so much more to leadership than that. So it would be great, actually, to hear, you know, you talk about your leadership experience coming from early on. It would be great to hear some of those challenges or some of the lessons that you've learned through those experiences about yourself, about others. I I think that it doesn't come without challenges. And and some of those are are quite painful. Some of those are lessons Mm. that are really hard fought. Mm. And it starts really simply with being the girl that comes across as quite confident. uh, And perhaps Mm -hmm. that translates to some people as boldness or being decisive, which might be translated to bossiness. A lot of those are finding the environment where you can thrive. Mm which actually I think is is a paraphrase from Carolyn McCall and making sure that you're putting your best foot forward but also trying hard not to really get burnt by the fact that you can't please everybody and feeling a little bit comfortable in the fact that maybe you do have a lot of energy maybe you do have a lot of ideas maybe you do like putting your hand up and speaking in a group of people so some of those sorts of challenges have been interesting developmentally but also there are good takeaways for me so it was be more aware of how you present yourself Mm -hmm. you know if there are easy things that you can do to soften the edges then actually that's good for you you don't have to just burst through the scene and and do everything that you need to do in your own way Mm. but you shouldn't lose the essence of who you are yeah that's really important yeah and with that in mind Hester how would you describe your leadership style Oh, evolving, (laughs) but evolving for sure. I think that one of the things I've really thought of this year is I'm really interested in people. And I know that this has got to be a key running theme. I love talking to people. Yeah. I'm genuinely interested in hearing them do well and hearing their ideas, Mm. wanting to think of ideas and connections that push them forward. Yeah. So having those sorts of, and with my direct reports, having those conversations that say, what do you want to do next? How can I think of a way that can help you do that? I find myself quite passionate about it. It's interesting to me. I'd love to see people do more with what they have, you know, or, or certainly reach where they can get. I'm pretty optimistic as a person. So I try and put that spin on things. Yeah. Amazing. And it's great to hear you talk about that in terms of really helping people to unlock their potential by understanding what motivates them, drives them, where their energy is, what their aspirations are, and actually caring and taking the time to do that. It's absolutely fantastic. And there's definitely not enough of that (laughs) in terms of those career-based conversations. And actually on that, when you think about your career, Have you had people throughout your career that have seen those things in you and that have had those conversations with you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, And it's almost the most important part of the story for me is that you can't get where you are alone, Mm. is the truth. And in my career, I've had 
mentors. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, I was on the 30% club. Mm. So I have a mentor that I still keep in touch with. Yeah. She is a brilliant support and sounding board, but also we get on really well mm. and like to have martinis together. <laughs> I, I've had <laughs> informal mentorships where I didn't really even know that this was the person I was going to for advice, mm-hmm. but that's what it was. Yeah. I've had sponsors who talked about me when I wasn't in the room. Mm. They were the people that suggested I go on the 30% club. You know, they were the people mm. that it was the person specifically who put me forward onto a program at the AA, which was specifically designed to promote female leadership. Having those people and having the open, trusted relationship informally or informally has been transformational for me. And I am completely paid up member to the mentoring club, you know. Yeah. And I realize that it's a two-way process now that I'm a mentor as well. And you could really open and unlock a lot of things in yourself from having a successful relationship this way. I think everyone should have a mentor or more (laughs) than one. (laughs) Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And then they can have such a positive impact and they can often see the things that we can't necessarily see in ourselves. And to have that observation from somebody who is objective and is able to see those things in you is very motivating and inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, really inspiring. I really believe the sort of adage that you kind of have to see it to be it. Yeah. And I think I've been really fortunate in my career that I have lots of people that have shown me an example of how to do things and lots of people that I therefore know who I can turn to if I have questions about it yeah and this is largely women I can think of an ex-boss I had Nadia who was really instrumental in this it could be mentors it could be my mother who (laughs) didn't have the same opportunities and was so keen that the sort of talents and skills I might have had wouldn't be wasted that my drive would be rewarded yeah but equally it wasn't just women I had a manager who when I came back from my second maternity leave Mm. was really thrilled that I was back and really helpful in accommodating the sorts of requests that I had about what I wanted for my career Mm. talked really frankly about what balance might look like for me yeah so having those sort of supportive relationships people that you trust people that you want to reach out to yeah is really key definitely it's really interesting you mentioned coming back from maternity leave talk to us a bit about that journey and what that was like some coming back particularly after the second mat leave because you came back into a new leadership role yeah I don't know if it's tremendously typical but what happened with both of my maternity leaves I've got two small boys was it's probably no accident that I had read Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In before my first maternity leave. And I was really interested and focused in the idea that instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to be off for a certain amount of time, I should probably start pulling myself away from it Mm. and all the working things. It was the opposite. It should be, let me lean into this. Mm. Let me really almost work with more enthusiasm. Let me get really interested in my job. Make sure that people know that I'm interested in my job because it means that you're more excited to come back to work rather than sort of dreading it. Mm -hmm. And it means that people are excited to have you back at work. So I really bought into that and I really enjoy what I do. So I took about six months off with my first son, came back and actually when I was thinking about it, I think I got a promotion after that one, Mm -hmm. which was lovely and was really nice and showed confidence uh, in me. and It made me feel good to come back. Mm -hmm. As you say, my second maternity leave was at the AA. 
And I came back and it was all changed because the company had delisted. Our internal legal team management had changed and opportunity presented itself. Mm. And it sort of feels like things fall into place. But in truth, again, having had a manager, Joss, who was really interested and supportive in my ambition to become a head of legal at some point, meant that he would give me the opportunities when they arose to show some of these talents that could be used in that role. Then I was interim for a few months whilst we were sort of reshuffling the structure and then made permanent last year. Mm-hmm. But again, it sort of felt like this vote of confidence. We're so pleased that you're back. We are putting yeah. confidence in you and you are putting confidence in us again. Fantastic to hear because that's not always the case. No. When people come back from having maternity leave. So it's wonderful to hear that that's been the experience. Yeah, I'm so lucky that way, actually. And it's just sort of worth noting that I I realized that I'm lucky and I had these relationships. I had these people who were open to taking on somebody who then had two (laughs) small children uh, to do that sort of role. But I quite quickly saw when I came back that not everybody would have that same opportunity and that actually there are conversations even with a trusted manager that sometimes can feel uncomfortable you know those opportunities when you say I'm really feeling torn about the fact that my kid cries every time I drop them off at nursery Mm. you know or yeah how am I going to balance these things do you think that I'm focused enough at work you know yeah lots of the sorts of challenging conversations that working parents have every day yeah but if you were to talk about them with your manager, you might worry that they think your eye wasn't on the ball or things like that. So I joined one of the employee networks at the AA called the Balance Network Mm -hmm. and really pushed an agenda with them that luckily got good reception, which was trying to figure out a way that we could give that more informal support outside of the management side for women returning back from maternity leave. Yes. Albeit that it hopefully might open to any returners and specifically family leave returners. Mm -hmm. And last month we managed to get a pilot scheme in where we match any returner who would like to have a buddy, an informal buddy support, Mm -hmm. will be matched with a volunteer parent from the organization and this would ease them back into the workforce essentially it's a transition point and a really hard one yeah and I think that a lot of people a lot of women especially have had stories where that transition has been so bumpy that they're out of work because they don't want to work in that place they don't feel like the employer gave them the, the rope they needed to feel supported yeah and that that journey coming back in having empathy and understanding for the challenges on that road back in makes such a massive difference. It's massive. So it's, it's wonderful to hear that you're part of that initiative and really helping to support people returning to work. So on that and looking at sort of your experiences and, and the mentors and the support that you've had through your journey, what do you think is important in retaining brilliant talent now? Because as we know, it's a candidate's market I think something like 41 million people voluntarily left their jobs last year in 2021, which is, I think, bigger than the population of Spain or something ridiculous. There's a lot going on in terms of talent. So what would you say is important in retaining brilliant talent now? Yeah, I I don't really think anybody is ignoring the great resignation. (laughs) For me, I think it's about the importance of progression. Yeah. And the importance of connection. Mm -hmm. I'd read a while ago that most people leave their jobs because of their manager. 
Mm. And it made me feel like that meant there was this huge disconnect between a manager and people that report into them. Yeah. So I think it's drawing on what you said about the empathy point, but it really just is connection. These people need to feel like you're invested in them. Yeah. And to go further than that, they need to feel like they're going somewhere. Mm. It's probably going to have lots of different factors for each individual because everyone's unique. But if you give somebody the confidence that says, I see that you're on a journey, we may not be the full part of that journey. Mm. Let's help you get where you need to be. Then I think that's the environment that they can thrive in. It's the connection that they seek. Yeah, definitely agree. And taking the time to have those conversations. And really understand what those aspirations are and how the organization, how you as a leader can help on that journey. And also thinking about the impact of those conversations from your experiences you've described, you know, the positive impact, the way that it feels when somebody believes in us and gives us that opportunity is massive in terms of driving our confidence levels up, but also helping us to fulfill our potential as well. So on the flip side of all of that, Hester, what would you say keeps you up at night? A classic kind of management question. <laughs> what keeps me up at night? Yes. I, I mean, the, the truth of the matter <laughs> is it's not necessarily the management stuff at all. Yeah. There might be the ad hoc work matters that do. Mm. But truthfully, the thing that keeps me up at night is the balancing act yeah. and whether or not yeah. I'm getting it right. Mm-hmm. At different times, I devote quite a lot of mental energy to this. Mm-hmm. I work full time and I work for a, a relatively demanding job. Mm. I have a husband that works full time. Yeah. And we have small children. Mm. It's whether or not everybody is getting what they need, mm. you know, to the right sort of level that they need. It's trying hard not to compare yourself to other family situations. Yeah. If it doesn't serve you, it's whether or not you are getting enough exercise you know whether or not you have enough connection with your kids and being present with them when you're with them it's whether or not you're giving enough of your energy to your work it's whether or not you're spending time with your spouse so that that's a meaningful relationship that continues it's have I got enough time for myself in this as well let alone yes maintaining friendships and ensuring that family's okay it's is my house clean enough to invite people over you know those Mm. sorts of things there's a lot to it there's a lot to that mental load and it weighs heavily but equally again I feel really really fortunate that my relationship is a true partnership Mm -hmm. so instead of me thinking right now I need to do the shop and the laundry and the cleaning and the cooking we have a real partnership to the point where some of the thoughts that go through my mind are am I doing enough cooking this week are we doing equal amounts of laundry (laughs) Uh, So that was something I realized fairly early on, and and perhaps again, Sheryl Sandberg to thank for bringing this to the fore, Mm. that having an honest conversation Mm. with your partner that says, I have ambitions for my career, and this is what I'd like for my future. Can we talk about this and align it? Because a family is also what we want to build together. How does this work so that one person isn't necessarily prioritized over the other is a really important thing. I'm immensely proud, and I, I don't know if that's sort of the right sense of the word, that um, my husband took shared parental leave both times, mm-hmm. and uh, three months of shared parental leave. He works for a software company. He was the very first person to take shared parental leave for our first son there, and in fact, the first spouse mm-hmm. of somebody in my company at the time to take it. So they were sort of teaching each other, I think, about what this looked like. But for him, it's not uncommon in his company now to take shared parental leave. 
because it's the see it to be it thing yeah if you take that time off even at sort of a manager level your career doesn't have Mm. to suffer and you can have this connection with your child and what it means at home is that I went back to work so when I was still breastfeeding for example and I felt strong emotions about that but I never felt real intensive fears and guilt because my child was with somebody that I trusted Mm. uh, was in the best possible care And I think that that was a really important part for why I could go back to work and really push ahead was that my my heart wasn't truly torn. It was protected and supported. And our children now don't sort of naturally go to one parent and say, mommy can fix everything. You know, actually, the truth be told. It's an even split between uh, one child who goes always to mummy and one that always goes to daddy. <laughs> but it's really important that you have these people around you. It, it doesn't have to be a, a sort of spouse and it doesn't have to be family if you live away from family, albeit that I, I'm now fortunate that we live quite close. It's that yeah. the sort of sentiment of a village, you have to have some sort of support structure around you and recognize yeah. that even if it's just the support structure is after school care you know, or um, breakfast club, even if it's a friend with a child the similar age who is helpful for advice. I think that this is sort of the theme is looking for support and offering it as well. You can't sort of lift yourself up unless you lift others up as well. Oh, I love that sentiment. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so interesting to hear your journey and also the realities of the whole self as well not just about work, but also life outside of work as well. Yeah. And here, the common threads through all of that is around communication and having really good, effective communication. Mm. And actually, that is a really important leadership quality to have as well. And I guess on that point, what would you say are the other important leadership qualities? Because obviously, you've been demonstrating the behaviours from early on. So what would you say, uh, Hester, as well as communication, are the kind of core leadership qualities that are important? Core leadership qualities, I think transparency helps. Mm -hmm. I think that people want to feel included in what you're doing, even if they don't need to know the details. Mm. I think that links to a a part of people worrying when they feel like they haven't got any sort of control. But if you are transparent Mm -hmm. about it, it feels like people are are in on it. So they may have a little bit more control over the situation. I think resilience is really important for leaders Mm. because there will be bruising times at at one time or another. And you don't have to like it, but accepting the fact that a bad phase happens, but it'll pass Mm. is really key as well. I think that (laughs) maybe I'm not right here, but I also think that the right attitude is what makes a good leader. Yeah. I was going to say sort of positivity and optimism, but I would say that I I have had good leaders do who don't display those, but uh, attitude (laughs) makes a really big difference. You know, if you want people to follow you, you need to be somebody that is worth following. Yeah. And people like to see themselves in something exciting and positive and fun. Definitely. And it's infectious, right? That energy, however it's transmitted, positive, negative, has the ability to either pull people along or push people away. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So as we come towards the end of today's podcast, Hester, what are your top tips for aspiring leaders or people that are new into leadership? I think it's about putting your hand up. Mm -hmm. I think it's about being really open, but be the volunteer 
if an opportunity arises, then put your hand up, put your uh, hat in the ring. You don't know what sort of new interests it's going to spark. You don't know what new connections you could make there. You don't know what fun times await. And the more experiences you get, the more people that you meet, the more connections you have. It's all a learning tool. Yeah. And I think that the connection, the communication, I'm finding as a leader that it is almost my most important thing. It's creating these relationships. It's, it's about knowing who you want to be with and thinking how you can support those around you. I mean, for us in legal, it's how we add value. And mm. every day I try to think of examples that might steer me in that direction. I totally agree with you in terms of the fact that everything in life is relationships. <laughs> and actually, the more that we get into more senior positions, how we are able to effectively communicate, how we are able to create those connections becomes even more important as well as taking others on that journey. So thank you so much, Hester, for being with us today and for sharing your journey. It's been absolutely brilliant to hear your story and I'm sure others will find it very inspiring and insightful as well. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. What a pleasure, Claire. If you like this episode of the podcast, please subscribe rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Go to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcast for a transcript of this episode, along with all the links we discussed today.